Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hi, everybody. My name is Eric Pennington, and this is the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today, we're going to be looking at navigating emotions. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Wow, I looked at this and I said, navigating emotions. I feel like I'm about ready to get on a boat and we're going to go whitewater rafting because that's what emotions sometimes seem like. Sometimes they can seem like that. Sometimes they can be the nice pond with no ripples in it. Well, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm thinking to myself, it's like, okay, the, the, the water is really calm. We're going along. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, here we are. We're going down. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a moment. I mean, I, I get in my head anyway, and I'm sure the listeners would say they understand navigating. Okay, do I go left? Do I go right? Is it that simple or is it, or what does navigating emotions mean? It can be very simple to the point where if you recognize that you're angry, I probably shouldn't talk to anybody today. <laughs> or mm. if you recognize someone else is angry, you're going to approach them differently. If you recognize something else in the person, it's, it's that simple. It's just a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's not a lot of conscious thought. But the thing that, that is most important is goes back to the very first uh, of the competencies to talk about, which is enhancing emotional literacy. So once you're able to identify and name emotions in yourself and in other people, you'll be better at navigating emotions. Because if you're in your car in, and you punch in some place, to go on your GPS, what's the first thing the car has to know? Where it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Address. So, yeah. It, it needs to know where you're starting from. It needs yeah. to know right there where it is. The beginning point. The beginning point mm -hmm. before it can navigate to where you want. So you have right. to have that beginning point recognizing the, the emotion, recognizing in yourself or in the other person. It's just like, you know, the, the, the sailors 
sailing ships, you know, the, uh, those kind of ships, they didn't have GPS and all that stuff. So they're, the hardest thing for them to be able to navigate was to develop a way to know exactly where they are. So mm. they had to develop extremely accurate chronometer and the sextant. And once they did that, then they could navigate with, with better outcomes of getting where they wanted because they knew where they started from. So if I'm hearing you right, it's sort of uh, the starting point is where we've got to be, where we've kind of got to get, before anything else can truly happen positively, you got to know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Or the other person. Or the other person. Or the other person. If you, if you don't know where you're starting from, you're never going to be able to navigate an emotion in a, in a way that gets the outcome you want. The outcome you want, mm-hmm. right. Okay. I'm thinking about things like assessing, harnessing, and transforming emotions and all of that and, and kind of using emotions as a strategic resource. Could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I know that's a lot in a, in a very okay. brief period, but speak a little bit to that. Okay. You know, assessing the emotion, understanding what it is. Then you're also assessing the strength of it. Like we talked earlier, each emotion has a range. You know, joy, happy, contented, mm-hmm. um, those things are all in the same range. So assess the strength of the emotion. How, what is the strength that you're feeling in that emotion? You know, angry can be, you know, divided up the same way with anger and, you know, to the point of loathing. Yeah. Things like that. Disgust, they're all that way. So you assess exactly where you are or where you think the other person is. And that's going to help guide, you know, from the strength of the emotion. And then harnessing them is just taking that information and using it. I recognize that someone has made me angry. Okay, so I know I'm angry. I know how strongly I am, how strong I am in that anger. And then what am I going to do with it? Am I going to you know, get in a confrontation with them? Am I going to talk bad about them to everybody else? Or am I going to go, okay, why are they angry at me? Or why am I angry at them? What is the situation? So I assess the emotion, I feel the emotion, then I decide what I'm going to do with it. Okay, this person is very important to me. I don't like feeling anger towards them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work, okay, why am I angry? What did they really do? Did they do it on purpose? Was it because of their situation that day, they were just having a bad day, whatever the situation is that's going on with them. So I'm going to harness that. Okay, I need to find out more about this situation. Mm. Or the same thing if somebody's angry at me, what did I do? What did I really do to make them angry? Is it? Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Um, and not to, uh, well, yes, I am. I'm going there. I, the movie thing, the movie, uh, The Horse Whisperer. Mm-hmm. And I remember that movie, and, and especially the first the, the scene where this horse that he was trying to help, and, and he just he wasn't saying much, but he was observing. He was just watching the horse's behavior. And when you're talking about this, Jeff, is it really is this idea, at least for me, this is what speaks to me, is this idea of slowing down and kind of assessing, you know, what am I, where am I at here? I mean, we go back to that again about knowing from a navigational standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it? this person? Why am I? So that's really, really powerful. And, and another thing that I was going to ask you about is using it as a strategic resource. What, is mm-hmm. that, what does that mean? It means you use it to come to your outcome. I know I've said a lot, outcome a lot, especially in these last two, but that's what this all is about. 
what what do I want in the end? Mm-hmm. So a strategic resource is, is something that is used for that outcome. It's not so much a tactical mm-hmm. right in that moment, but it's it, it you use it to work towards the outcome, the end. If um, you know, if some if I'm angry at someone, the outcome I want is not to be angry at them. Gotcha. So I want to get to that point, and using being able to navigate the emotions is a strategic resource. It's the vessel that you can use. Vessel, okay. once again, you're navigating. Yeah, once again. <laughs> that was once good. Again. I should put that down. <laughs> I was going to say, you got one there. So let, let's think about, you know, a, a lot of people, I don't think it really is age-specific, but we're taught that we are to control or suppress our emotions, you know, to to don't don't lose control. I, I kind of look at mm-hmm. it from that perspective. So why is this not a good idea? The the first thing that, that jumps in my mind is you're giving up a very valuable tool when you're not using your emotions. We're taught that emotions are weak if you show them. We're taught that emotions aren't rational if you base your decisions on emotions. We're taught all these things that are usually not showing emotions in a good light. They're showing them in a way that a lot of people consider, like I said, weak. It's, a, uh, it's associated with weakness. Associated with weakness, uh, wishy-washiness, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's not associated with coming to a, a good result. So we're taught that one way or the other. In my generation, you know, boys weren't supposed to cry. I don't know exactly how it is today, but along those same lines. Uh, Somebody that is open with their emotions a lot of times is not taken as seriously as the serious person uh, in a business sense or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we're we're taught that, and especially when it deals with making decisions. It's just not looked upon as as a, a good way to make a decision. You know, when, when I think of this, and I, and I go, I think it's fabulous, the idea of navigating the emotions. Um, I, I think that sometimes it's easy for us to kind of look at it as this, oh, it's too big of a thing. You're asking too much of me to, to have to do all of this. And then I think, you know, the alternative, though, is that we get deeper in the mess that we're already in, right? Exactly. I believe that you, a person only has so much emotional energy. Mm-hmm. And you can use it positively or negatively. And yeah. when you're not navigating your emotion, you're pretty much wasting it. You know, if you get in your car and your GPS, you know, tells you to go this route and you decide not to believe what it's telling you mm-hmm. and you go your own way and ends up being, you know, twice as long, you've wasted your gasoline. And we do the same thing with our emotions when we don't really follow the good path. We waste all those emotional, all that emotional energy, you know, going down some way that is not going to get you where you want. Or if it does get you there, it's a much longer path. Oh, right. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is looking at the emotions of others. Mm-hmm. Again, I know typically, um, you know, it'd be great if everything was that calm pond scenery mm-hmm. that, you know, you mentioned in the beginning. But oftentimes it is. It's people who, when you're in the thick of it, you're probably trying to manage your thing. And mm-hmm. so can you talk a little bit about that as far as um, assessing and looking at others' emotions? Yeah, that's that's very important to be able to understand, you know, the, the assessing part, you know, kn- knowing when you, you know, you walk into the office in the morning and, you know, somebody, you, you walk by somebody's office door and it's open and you ask them, how are you doing? Most of us do that expecting no interaction. It's just, 
I see you there as a person, and I'm just going to walk by. We're not expecting someone to say, hey, I'm glad you asked me because I really want to talk to you about. Yes. Or they may say that, or the response may be, okay. Exactly. Okay, so then you assess that. You go, okay, there's something going on with that person. I, I like this person. I, I, I'm interested in them. And so you can navigate the emotions two ways. You can go on to your office because you don't want to get involved, right. or you can, like, your empathy will kick in. Mm-hmm. You're wanting to help that person. So then you'll sit down with them and go, I know you said you're okay. I don't believe that. What's going on right now? So you've assessed it, you've harnessed, in this case, an emotion of empathy, mm-hmm. uh, caring about the person, and then you're transforming that emotion into helping someone. You're actually sitting down with them, being present with them, and showing them that you care. Now, the, the thing that we sometimes get stuck in is our next step is going to be I'm going to fix it. Mm. That's not what we're doing. Sometimes you could, but most times it's not. You just need to be emotionally connected with that person. And a lot of times that's all that person needs from you is to say somebody recognizes me, somebody is understanding that I'm not doing well, and they're just here with me. I'm sure many of our listeners uh, has have heard this before, and I know I got the advice tons and tons of times that when your wife wants to talk, she's not looking for you to solve or fix the problem. Exactly. She just wants to be heard. She wants to feel the connection. It took me a long time, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe I'm I'm getting there. If she was here, Jeff, you could probably ask her. But um, <laughs> it's really really important. It is. You know, we've mentioned before that I've done a lot of work in prison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that the men in prison are looking for is somebody to be present with them without an agenda. I'm here because I care about you. I'm here because I value you as a person, no matter what your situation is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is the most powerful thing we do when we're with someone, is just to acknowledge that they're a valuable human being. And wow. that's navigating emotions because in the case of a prisoner, we never ask them what they've done. A lot of times they tell you what they've done to get put in there, mm-hmm. and they do that to see a lot of times how you're going to react. So if you can navigate this emotion, somebody, well, I killed three people, and you navigate that emotion is, oh, would you like some coffee? Instead of letting that emotion, you know, anger or you know, whatever that emotion might be when you find out somebody's killed three people, when you can navigate that away from what they're expecting, which is disgust, hatred, uh, I don't care about you anymore, and when you can navigate away from that, that's when you're transforming your emotion into what the outcome is, which is I want that person to know that they're cared about. There's uh, there's so many applications for that in so many areas of mm-hmm. life. I mean, that, that's a, that to me it sounds like a plan that you could you could adopt for just about any any situation. So with that, maybe I'll segue a little bit. And I know that, you know, this applies in the general sense. And we've been talking a lot in that regard. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about Winnie. Okay. Winnie is our new dog. Oh. She's about a year and a half old bull boxer. She's mostly boxer with some pit bull in her. She's a rescue dog. We got her from the Humane Society. Mm-hmm. She's just a great dog. Love her to death. Very headstrong. But there was an interesting situation that I had where I observed something in her. 
And then I had to navigate an emotion because she showed an emotion. She loves playing with her. She has some like rope toys with like balls on the end and she throws them up in the air and chases them and does all this stuff. Well, she threw it up in the air and it went behind the couch. It was, I wish I would have taken a picture. She's up on the couch with her paws looking down behind the couch knowing she can't get it. So mm-hmm. I go, okay, I'll have to get it. So I pulled the couch out. I still couldn't reach it. So I went into the kitchen and picked up a broom to, to get the, the toy out from behind the couch. Well, she cowered and went into her crate and wouldn't look at me when wow. I held this broom. She did the same thing when my wife picked up an umbrella the other day. She has been beaten in the past by someone. And so I had to navigate her emotion of feeling threatened. And then I had to navigate my emotion of being angry at whoever did that to just get to the point where, okay, we're never going to do that to her. We need to make sure that she understands that as best she can. So just loved her a little bit. That's, That's a way to navigate emotions. I observed what was going on in her when I did that, and it was totally a surprise to us. So that's a way you can navigate emotions. I, I observed what was going on with her. I observed how I was feeling, and I know I just had to not worry about that anymore and just be there, be present for Winnie the dog. You know, um, and, and obviously uh, it, this applies to human beings, and it just makes me think, Jeff, um, we all have time to be observant, don't we? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny to me in, in, a, in a culture that always says, you know, you ask somebody, so how are things going? Oh, I'm really busy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time. I've got I've to be here. I've got to be there. And you would think that every person was the president of the United States. <laughs> exactly. And I try to remind people. It's like, I don't want to disappoint you, but you have time. Mm-hmm. You have time to be observant. Mm-hmm. Because I think of the opposite side of that, the consequence of not being observant. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if you would have just rode on in with your emotions? I mean, what would have happened? I don't know, because dogs don't get enough credit for their ability to read their humans' emotions. Mm -hmm. They know, and I would not have wanted her to pick up that anger as anger against her. Sure. and and Because she she couldn't interpret that. Yeah. You know, is he going to hit me? I don't want her to ever think that. That, that we would do that to her. That's, that's really powerful. Instead of stuffing down the emotions and wasting the energy and all of that, what are you advocating we do then? I mean, just as an example, um, do we use them? Um, I mean, is it, is it something that can be managed? I mean, gaining insight? What, what about that? It is very important that we do use the emotions, that we can learn how to manage them. And this, you know, like talking with the dog, about the dog, mm-hmm. you know, to direct that a different way to, to manage it, keep it under control, yep. and then use them for insight. The insight was somebody had been cruel to her, had mm-hmm. abused her. So now we have insight about Winnie, and we know that we need to be careful around her with things that somebody might have beat her with in the past. You know, we're, we're learning from her reaction what not to do to make her feel like that. And Jeff, I, one thing that's leaping out to me as you said that is that you mentioned earlier on in this podcast as well as some of the previous about an outcome. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Winnie in that situation. Okay. And I know it maybe it's not perfected by any stretch, but, no. but what's the outcome? What, what outcome did you get by taking that approach? The outcome that we got is she still loves us. You know, she wants to be with us. We're working on making sure she understands she is in a safe home now. 
you know, as much as a dog can understand this. I sure, know sure. we're probably giving her a little bit more credit than than is due, but you do the same thing with someone else. If if um, someone has been verbally abused in the past, which can be just as powerful as physically abusing someone, and you gain that insight, what I might say to you as as teasing or joking around. I won't do with that person because they're going to interpret it as an attack, as, as abuse. So I'm gaining insight, and now I need to work on making sure I don't do that with that person. That's really powerful uh, because I think in, in many res- many ways that brings a bit of a transformation for that other person that they can see that there's someone that cares about them enough mm-hmm. that they would do that. Let's look at the extremes again. Okay. Um, and maybe talk about what those would be uh, the, on the negative and maybe that's uh, maybe not negative positive, but talk, talk a little bit about the extremes as it relates. Okay. To well, one extreme is volatile, okay. which means you don't navigate emotions. You're like uh, gasoline, just a little spark. You got a flame going. Things get out of control quickly. You've never thought about the outcome. You've never thought about the damage you're doing to other people, to yourself, wow. to the situation. So you're volatile. There's no thinking in it. It's just, like I said, a reaction. And then you go all the way to the other end, which is placid. You you really aren't feeling the, any emotion. You're not taking the emotions in that you're feeling. You're not taking the emotions in you're seeing in other people. And so now you're at the point where you're just bleh. It's mm. the best way to say it. I can't think of a scientific term for that. So you, you're really not navigating anything. The volatile person is navigating, but not very well. But the placid person is not navigating at all. Or the mm. navigation is is to not get involved, to not do anything with someone else. That's interesting. And if and as I know we're getting close to the, uh, the end of this um, podcast, but I'm thinking about you know, that employment situation, you know, where you have a manager that is a very volatile manager. And if you could quickly throw out some ideas, maybe a suggestion for that manager's manager who <laughs> is seeing this volatile personality, because again, they can do the observation thing, mm-hmm. right? Cause, yeah. And they've got to navigate. I won't ask you to say, how do you fix it? Because that's pretty complex okay. but but what are some things you would recommend maybe that manager of that manager who's well there's a couple ways to look at it one find out if there's anything going on with him anybody that says you can leave your personal life at home and not bring it to work is wrong i'm sorry <laughs> i usually don't go that black and white but they're wrong i agree with okay. you 100 they that, that's just not possible so is there something going on with him at home then I would look at the people that, that his direct reports. There might be some things going on with them that's causing him to be volatile. This is the observation. You know, how is, how is he, is he volatile from when he works, first walks in in the morning? Or is he only volatile after he deals with his employees? Right. Okay, so, you know, just kind of observe and see what's going on, and that will give you a little bit of an insight of maybe what kind of direction you want to take with that person. But then in your strategic planning is knowing this person is volatile, you'll need to plan for that when you're you're addressing this situation. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so that you don't light a match to his gasoline. <laughs> right. So in the other side of that equation, too, I would imagine if it's somebody who is a very placid individual, mm-hmm. 
uh, it may require a totally different approach. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You you have to navigate the the river that you're on at that time. Well, Jeff, this was a great one. I really appreciate it. It's great to be with you today. And this is Eric Pennington, and you've been listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So. Yes. How do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay, all but, right, but, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media: LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.